Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Hello and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff. It's a beautiful day in the cafe. Tom? Always beautiful with you, Deacon Jeff. <laughs> yeah, okay, thanks. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Um, it's even more beautiful because we have a our luxurious corner booth is filled to capacity. With some beautiful... Beautiful people. Minds, beautiful people. That's right. We have some young people with us today. We do. And uh, we're very happy to have them. Our wonderful show is blessed to have the folks from NET here. What a treat. Yeah, we're going to find out all about what they do. Can't wait. Yeah, they're the future of the church, and that's what we're going to talk about a little bit, is the the youth being the future of the church. I mean, you right. know, we You're wonder right. where the church is going and where it's heading. Where's, you know, our, where's our country going? Where's our world going? Well, they're sitting in front of us, so we're going to find I, out where they're going. We're in good hands. That's we're exactly right. Hands. So we have John, Renee, and Anna from NET here with us. Welcome, Welcome folks. Welcome. How y'all doing? Say hi. Somebody say something. Hi, good. That's Renee. Thanks for having us. Oh, yes. Well, we're happy to have you here. We ought to get them something to drink. Good smiles. Yeah, we should. Maybe some coffee? Yeah, no coffee uh, hazelnut latte would be great. Oh, there man, we specialize in the hazelnut That's a latte. Drink right there. No problem. Very good. We'll take care of that. Well, folks, thank you so much for joining us here in the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. What we want to do, first of all, is just I just introduced you guys as members of NET. And I think most people say, what's NET? I have no idea what NET is. What does it stand for? And what do you guys do? One of you guys jump in there and tell us uh, tell us what NET is and, and what you do. How about you, John? Well, NET stands for National Evangelization Team. And what we do is we travel around the country putting on retreats for uh, young people, like youth, 6th um, to 12th grade. Um, and basically during this retreat, we just proclaim the basic gospel message and really just challenge them to embrace their faith and to live it out. So obviously you uh, now you, you travel the country. Is that, that what you guys do? You guys uh, stay in one place? What do you do? Well, actually, there's three different kinds of teams. One is a traveling team, which we're on. I'll, I'll get to that in a minute. We also have two teams that are more stationary. Um, there's parish teams, and they basically stay at one parish all year and partner with the youth ministry. And they uh, get to do more unique form of ministry, so they can go in and have lunch at the schools and go to the football games, and they're more present in one community. There's also the home team. Um, Net, the headquarters of Net is actually in West St. Paul, Minnesota. And so the home team will stay in the diocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis, primarily, and do retreats in the immediate area. And then there are also traveling teams, which we're a part of. And it's basically uh, about 11 to 12 people in a 12-passenger van and trailer. And oh, sounds cozy, sounds cozy. <laughs> you get used to it, you get used to it. Very good. Hey, Renee, so tell me a little bit about, I think you've just graduated high school, right? Yes. You're on the traveling team. I know it has to be exciting. It is exciting. Um, I had to leave home in August, and it's just been beautiful getting to meet so many different people. I'm really just getting to reach out and just share what Christ has done uh, in my life, so it's been really beautiful. You know, there's a lot of people that look at the world today, and they look particularly at the youth, and they go, man, everything's just all kind of messed up. And we've got so many challenges today, all the stuff that's on television, all the stuff you, you read about. And there's even a lot of strife and, and, and problems within the church itself in terms of how we live our lives and rising to the challenges that we see. And uh, our Holy Father, Pope Benedict, is, is always steadfast in the teachings of the church and, and a great inspiration for our young people. What do you all encounter when you go to these different parishes? The young people that you encounter, do you see that? 
that? Uh, do you see problems or do you see opportunities? What do, what do you see, John? What do you see when you go to these different parishes? We see a lot of uh, desire for the truth. Um, really just youth are just really searching for something, something real, something that's there for them. Um, not something that um, just is what everyone else is doing. Something that they can really just take a hold of and use and really just live out for themselves. This is not like a social club kind of a thing where you come and you have, I know it's going to be fun and people are going to enjoy themselves. But really there's a lot of, it goes deep. It's, there's, a, there's a message there. Renny, what is, what is that message? That message is really um, just that Christ is worth it and that he's worth um, the struggles and the hardships. And there's just so much joy of just living your life for Christ and that there's people that want to do it with you and that are willing to um, live out that faith with you and hold you accountable and challenge you to grow. Now, Anna, you're one of the leaders uh, of this of this traveling uh, little minstrel group here we have. And yes. Now, what is it like for you to work with these folks? And, and what are the things that you see uh, in terms of like how, how these young people being on the team, how they're affected, and also how they're effective and, and how they affect the people uh, that, that they're ministering to? Yeah, well, it's definitely a, a growing experience being on net. Um, a large part of of what we do and how lives are affected aren't just on the retreats, but also in the context of team life. Because basically you can be ages 18 to 28 to do net. And so here you have like a group of young, you know, usually college-age Catholics coming together and just really learning how to love. Um, a lot of times I, I feel like net really is a school of love for, for just the members on the net teams. You know, you really, you're put together with a group of people that you you know, you, you meet the first week of training, and then two weeks later, you're on a team, and that's who you're going to be with for the rest of the year. So you really, it's a lot of different personalities that they put together just um, so you can be more, or just reach out to all different kinds of youth. You know, we have, like, every different, you know, type of retreatant, you know, every different, every different click, every different hairstyle, every different <laughs> hobby. And so the team needs to be equally diverse. So you really just learn really how to love and just grow in virtues and being patient. Tom, we, we only have like like one kind of hairdo here. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> We're not very diverse. No. We need to get more diverse. We you do. need to get like a, a mohawk or something just to kind of. You would look good in that. I don't know if you I could do that You would look good, a gray mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Tom, did you have a question? I did. How does one go about finding out how to get involved with net? Well, you can tell us how you got involved with net. I'm sure you didn't just wake up one morning and say, uh, you know, hear a voice that said, I must be in net. True, very true. Actually, growing up, I never wanted to do net. I grew up all around it. Um, my mom was on the first net team, so wow. I've, I've heard all about net growing up. So actually, I never wanted to do it. It's something I was never going to do. I thought, <laughs> I thought you had oh. enough of net before you even got involved. <laughs> exactly. I thought netters were really crazy and not something I wanted to do. <laughs> um, but as it came time to decide in, in my 12th grade year what I was going to do um, the next year of my life, I just knew I wanted to do something that the Lord wanted me to do. I wanted to serve in some way. Um, and just looking at different things, I really looked into net and talk, actually talked to people who had recently done net. And I just really changed my whole mindset of what net was. And so I applied for it, and I got accepted, and so now I'm here. That's awesome. Renee, what about you? What, what got you involved with net? It was my summer before my senior year, and I didn't really know what I was going to do. And um, I was talking to one of the interns that was working with them, with us as the youth, and um, I asked him about his life, and he immediately brought up NET. And it just sounded so cool to me. I want to be a youth minister when I'm older. 
So it just seemed like an amazing opportunity just to grow in that and just to really see if it's something that the Lord's calling me to. So I talked to my youth minister at the time, and she actually mentioned that she did net a while ago. <laughs> so it was just beautiful. I applied, I got accepted, and now I'm here. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm, I'm sure it's a blessing to have you, you guys involved. How long, is this like a one-year thing for you? It's actually a nine-month commitment. Nine-month so, commitment. Yeah, about a school year. Very good. So I, I imagine you get to see a lot of faces and go to a lot of places in that nine months. It's really awesome just getting to see different places, um, getting to experience how different families uh, raise their children in different environments, just different um, surroundings. It's really great. So you're, well, take, you're taking a year off from school, basically. Yeah, a okay. year to serve. Wow. So, Renee, you just graduated high school. Yes. And did you just graduate high school, John? Yeah, I did. All right, great. So you guys are basically taking a year off and going just all over the country. Uh, doing what looks like what you love to do. Yeah, it's pretty cool getting to just have an amazing blessing of just being able to take a year off to serve. So you go to all these different places, and you see all these different kids. Probably have seen the gamut from, from left to right, from top to bottom, from everybody and in between. But is there anything that you see where all of these kids are kind of united or, or one thing about all these kids that really uh, you can say is true about all of these? I mean, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, ultimately... They're looking for God, but the hard thing is, is they don't always know that. <laughs> and so, you know, one thing it's neat, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that we work with, you can just tell that they really do have, have, have good hearts. Um, you know, at the end of the retreat, we have a time for prayer. And if we ask them what they want prayers for, they always have someone in, in their family or recently, um, or they'll ask for prayers for what's going on in the world. Nowadays, yeah. kids are tuned into the world. Aren't they? I mean, they're not so uh, they're not so distant as we might think that, you know, in the old days, they talk about that speak when spoken to kind of a child that has no idea what's going on. They're all watching the news. They're watching the same news that we're all watching. Right. And so I imagine when you see them and they're they're praying for this, is it surprising to see that they're so in touch with the world or or is that something that's just it's run of the mill now for them? I don't think so. I mean, we live I mean, the culture that we're living in is just increasingly global and LinkedIn. I mean, we have sixth graders on retreat. We have to tell them to turn off their cell phones. Yeah. So (laughs) no texting, no texting. Exactly. Uh, So, you know, I mean, just with the Internet and everyone's watching everything on TV, uh, young people are just very like linked in to the culture, which, I mean, you know, can be both good and, and a bad thing. too. Well, yeah, let's talk about that. There is sort of a bad side to knowing what's really happening in the world. It's not sheltered from them anymore. There's no necessarily any parent saying, oh, don't watch this cause, or avert your eyes. I mean, they're going to the movies maybe when they shouldn't go to the movies. They're watching all the television. They're watching all the wars, and they're watching everything on television that everybody else is seeing. So I imagine that's kind of a challenge for kids today. Do you experience that when you when you meet and talk to these kids? Yeah, I feel like um, we, have, we have a time for small groups. Um, and a constant question is, um, where's God in that? Where's God in the suffering? And it's hard. Uh, it's hard to explain to them how sufferings love and how God is present, and they just need to they just need to look for Him because it's hard when they're getting exposed to this, but they don't they're not taking the steps to look for the truth in it to look for like the good in it of what God's doing. But that's why you're here, Renee. That's you're to help them <laughs> to, the to understand. I mean, you were just talking about the the Catholic teaching for redemptive suffering, the whole idea that our suffering unites us with the suffering of Christ, and we're, and we're part of that plan of salvation. That our suffering is part of that. So there is always, even though suffering is bad, it's it's suffering, it's painful, 
but it can be used for a good purpose, and God uses that. As long as we we offer it for that purpose, it's a it's a it's a it's a good and noble thing to suffer in that respect. So it's a good thing that you're you're teaching the kids uh, your, that that aspect of things. So we appreciate, certainly appreciate that. Um, now we have lots more to talk about in terms of what Net does and uh, and maybe the state of our youth today. Uh, before we do that, I uh, want to remind everyone at home that uh, we have a wonderful website you can visit. It's www.thecatholiccafe.com, and on that website you're going to find this show, and you're also going to find all the other shows we've ever done. So if you want to find out more about what the Catholic Church teaches, you can go there. And I would love to hear from you. I'd love you to email me at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. And so with that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzemski, and this is another great moment in church history. St. Claude Colombier was born on February 2, 1641, in the south of France. His parents were people of means and were able to offer an education to their son. Young Claude excelled at his studies and soon began to feel a tug toward the priesthood. At the age of 17, he accepted his vocation and entered the Society of Jesus. This was a difficult decision for St. Claude. He loved his family and friends and enjoyed an active academic and social life. He once remarked that he had a terrible aversion for the life embraced. Even though he was drawn to a world outside of the Jesuit order, he wholeheartedly embraced his new vocation. St. Claude Colombier soon pronounced his first vows and began his studies and formation for the priesthood. As Father Colombier made his solemn profession in the Society of Jesus, he was named rector of a college in a small town in France. It was there that he met St. Margaret Mary, who had many visions regarding the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Sister Margaret Mary had gone through a time of great uncertainty and anguish waiting for Christ to fulfill his promise to send her his faithful servant and perfect friend. St. Claude was to help her reveal the infinite depth of Christ's love for humanity through devotion to his Sacred Heart. As St. Margaret's confessor, Father Colombier was convinced that Christ wanted devotion to his Sacred Heart spread throughout the Church. He encouraged and helped St. Margaret communicate her visions and message to all believers. After only a year and a half as rector of the small town college, St. Claude was sent to London, England in 1676. This was during a time in England when the Catholic faith was being suppressed. But Father Colombier continued to spread the teachings of the Catholic faith and saw many reconciled to the one true church. He wrote, I could write a book about the mercy of God I've seen him exercise since I arrived here. During his time in England, St. Claude was falsely arrested and accused of treason. He spent three weeks in the King's Bench Prison, which was one of the worst prisons in all of England. In poor health, Father Colombier returned to France and inherited his heavenly reward on February 15, 1682. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth, and I'm still sitting here with Tom Dorian. Tom, you uh, 
enjoying talking to these guys here. Oh, this is great. Yeah. This is great. It's good to know that the uh, that, that there are some Utes out there. Utes. That, that, are, uh, that, are, <laughs> that are helping us move the church forward. It is good to know. Very we good. Need, we need that. Well, folks, it's been wonderful so far. What I'd like to kind of now focus on is this idea of the culture and what we experience in the culture, what these kids are experiencing in the culture. What do you think, Anna, in terms of like what these kids experience now, the culture, what is it that is your biggest challenge when you're talking to these kids now? I feel like sometimes it's tough for them to see how it relates to them. Um, a lot of times we go on retreats and we, and a lot of the young people aren't going to church on Sundays or you know they're not necessarily getting it in the home. And so... They come to these retreats, and all they know about God is whatever they managed to pick up when they weren't dozing off during CCD class. Right. And so for us to say, no, like this matters, like this matters in your life. Um, God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And for them to see that the the faith isn't just uh, some boring, dry thing, but it's dynamic and it's alive, and it's about a relationship with a God who is interested in their lives and wants to be there for them. You know, that's, that's very true, and that's beautiful. You know, our, our Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI, has talked so much about this concept of moral relativism, this idea that your truth is different from my truth is different from his truth is different from her truth, and that there is no real truth. Do you sense that these kids might be caught up in that, just being caught in this culture? And what is it like when you're expressing to them that there really is a truth out there. There is really a, a black and white truth. It's not all gray like uh, the world would have us believe. Yeah, we definitely can see that. Um, like in my small groups, a lot of times it'll just be there's a big acceptance of you believe what you want, I'll believe what I want, and it's okay. Like it's okay to believe anything you want. You know, as long as you're you know as long as you're a good person, it's okay. You know, you can believe what you want as long as you don't do bad things, you're all right. But how do you counteract that? How do you talk to them about that at that point? I kind of go into the fact that, well, if there's God, everyone, you believe, most of my, everyone who comes to retreats believes there is a God. And so I kind of go into the fact, well, if there is a God, why would God want us to believe whatever we want? God has one truth. Like, he's not changing. We can't just believe what we want because we want to. We have to believe the truth. And there is one truth. You know, really, young people are just, they, they're clamoring for the truth. Young people, like, we don't, we don't want to be mediocre. Like, you know, you look at the movies that are big in Hollywood, just these, like, action, adventure movies. Like, people want that adventure. People want something real. People want to be a part of something bigger than themselves. They want to be bold. They want to be courageous and be who they're meant to be. And so we want to take those ideas that these young people are searching after and be like, okay, well, God fits into this. In fact, God is the, God's the heart of that. God is the heart of those desires. Um, Pope John Paul II says, become who you are. I, don't th- I think if we said that line to any young person, they would say, yeah, like, I want to be who I am. So taking those desires that are there underneath the surface and being like, yeah, that's there, that's in your heart. Because God put it there. Absolutely. You know, and I was just thinking when you were talking about uh, the action-adventure movies, and I think, wouldn't it be great if there were some great action-adventure, uh, good Catholic movies? And I started thinking, you know, there was one not too long ago called The Passion of the Christ. People went to that movie in droves. They want to see that. That truth of, of what Christ did for us on the cross is like the greatest story ever told to you know to to take the title of a of a film from the 60s and the whole idea is uh we need to see more of that and i think it's great that that you guys are out there doing that kind of thing 
uh, for our youth because they need to see that. Have you guys had any uh, great stories of, of kids, how they've reacted to some of your, your message? I had one small group, um, and there's one guy in the small group who really didn't want to be there. He didn't say anything. He didn't even get involved in the games, didn't talk. He didn't do anything at all. He just kind of sit there and just laying back. And when we came to the time of prayer, he was like this through the whole retreat. Came to the time of prayer. We were in the church. Um, he was just in his pew, just leaning back and not paying attention, just looking up at the ceiling. Um, and in time of prayer, we come around and we pray with um, the people in our small group. And I came up and I prayed with him. And then I went to sit down. And right when I sat down, I looked up and I could saw him. He just sat up. He grabbed the pieces of paper we gave him to help pray with. And he just made the sign of the cross and he just started praying. Um, and it was great to see just the change that came over him that even though he wasn't paying attention the whole retreat, he just, he was able to change still and still was able to receive what God had for him that night. Isn't that beautiful? That's where you get to see the Holy Spirit at work, right? Then you know that the Spirit is present and, and just actively uh, working through you and, and, and with these young people. I think that's beautiful. And that's that little blessing that you get, that little affirmation from God to say, see, you are making a difference, so keep keep plugging away at it. That's awesome. Is there is there something else? Renee, did you have a, a little story you want to share with us? <laughs> yeah, actually, um, a few weeks ago we were in New Jersey, and um, I was having a really good small group. They were asking really awesome questions. But the girls weren't all there. Like, they were present and they wanted to talk to me. But then when it came to faith, they kind of hesitated. It was during um, our prayer time, like John mentioned. And um, we were doing two-on-one prayers where two net members will pray with one of their treatments uh, for your small group. And you kind of talk to them more depthly about what they really want prayers for. Uh, she sat next to me and I asked her what she needed prayers for. And she started telling me just how she wanted to be loved and how just she was searching for so much. Um, so I put my hand on her shoulder and I started praying with her. And I just felt this intense love that Christ had for her. And I just started uh, crying. I was moved to tears and she wasn't even crying. And um, she got up and she thanked me. And then um, it was funny. She asked me if I needed to be prayed over, I think, because I was crying. But really, (laughs) it made me laugh. But really, um, I just really saw this intense love that Christ had for her. And I shared that with her, just how much he really cared about her. And it really touched her. And um, I still pray for every day. She actually hit on something there um, so often. When we minister to other people, we end up getting as much or more back in return from those that we minister to. And that's the way. It's a two-way street. And when the Holy Spirit starts moving amongst us, it's not just in one direction. It's always just spirating like the love of of God the Father and and, uh, uh, God the Son, you know, spirating out that Holy Spirit. And we all get impacted uh, by that. And that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Anna, did you have a a story that you wanted to share with us as well? Yeah, yeah. One that really touched me, we were doing a retreat in Wisconsin, and it was within my small group as well, and there was this one girl who the whole time just had, we were in a basement, but she was wearing her sunglasses <laughs> the whole time, and just wasn't wasn't really talking, and when she was, it was just very confrontational, um, wasn't interested in God, wasn't interested in prayer at all, and you know, I just did my best just to reach out to her and try to answer her questions and just try to convey to her, again, like the love that God had for her. And she just, she left the retreat, and I, I didn't really see her after so that. So thought, you thought she was toast that she's out of here. Yeah, and uh, then one of the other girls on our team came up to me, and she handed me a piece of paper, and she said, I think this is from one of the girls in your small group. And I looked at it, and it had the lyrics to this song called Someone Worth Saving that um, in the note just said that the girl wanted me to, to look at it, to listen to that song. And so in the note, it just said, um... It thanked us for for being there, and she said she wanted to 
talk to us in person, but she knew she would cry if she did. And just thanking us for, for being there and that we were some of the first people to be nice to her in a really long time. And just it, that moved me to tears as well. Uh, like Renee was saying, just knowing like, wow, like, you know, I don't know what this girl is going home to. I, you know, I, I have no idea. But knowing that she was able to experience the love of Christ just through what we did, that we were able to be that the vessels that God used, that the Holy Spirit used to really speak to her. And I pray for her as well. And I actually left her a note, again, just talking to her, just about her dignity and her worth. And uh, who knows, you know, keep praying for her. And hopefully in heaven someday we can kind of see some of the fruits of what we've been doing. Well, you, exactly right. You've been planting some seeds here. You guys have planted a lot of seeds. And this organization is a wonderful organization. Uh, now, I know that uh, I've got uh, two girls and a guy in front of me. And, uh, and I know one of you is considering the priesthood. And I'm, I'm just guessing uh, that it's going to be you, John. I know you, you, you're, you're at least discerning this. And you're on your way to seminary, I understand? Yeah, I'm going to seminary in St. Paul, Minnesota. Well, we, we, we uh, just will pray for you. We, we think that's an awesome thing that you would be even considering God's call at this point. Um, did, did this call come, like, well beyond before all this net stuff, or has it come to fruition at this point? Or um, I think it's kind of always it's been there for a little while, but I've mostly been ignoring it until um, till net when I actually you know, started to listen to what the Lord wanted me to do. And I really feel like the Lord just wants me to be in seminary next year. Well, that's beautiful. We'll pray for you. Uh, it'll, I hope it'll be a, a good and blessed experience. And we look forward to some of our new young priests. Uh, we're blessed in, in the Diocese of Memphis because we've got 25 seminarians. And, and uh, we're doing very well in vocations. And, and I'm always excited to hear about uh, more young men uh, who are uh, going to uh, consider the priesthood uh, as their uh, as their vocation. And also any uh, women that uh, want to... Uh, uh, you know, sisters and uh, nuns. We, we just need so many uh, workers in the vineyard, as it were. And so uh, you guys are doing such a great job. Now, where where does someone contact uh, NET? How do you get in touch with NET if you want to, if your church, whoever's listening here, is deciding they want to have this group come by? What what where? How would they get in touch with you guys? Um, well, we have, actually have a website. It's www.netusa.org. Netusa.org. Yes. And that's where they need to go. That's going to tell them everything they need to get in touch with you guys and see if you can get uh, they can get on your schedule. Yeah. Well, that's beautiful. And, you know, I do want to take this opportunity to thank you so much for coming and joining us uh, here in the luxurious corner booth at the Catholic Cafe. Tom, we got to rate this show. Absolutely. You know, I'd say it on a scale of 0 to 11. I'd give it an 11. I knew you were going to say 11. Yeah. Hey, you guys, ours goes to 11. Very good. You guys, that's 100%. Very that's good. Fantastic. You got rated 100%. Excellent. Yeah, you guys, you're very, very, very good. <laughs> Well, listen, we thank you so much again for, for joining us, and we, we wish you much success, many blessings, uh, that, that the people that you, uh, that you minister to will be blessed and that you yourselves will be blessed in this ministry. Thank you very much. Let's close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of our youth. Help us to see in them the future of the church. Guide them to a closer relationship with you. Protect them from all that would pull them away from you. And bless those that would devote themselves to loving them, teaching them, and building them up in the faith. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.